Welcome to the Warrior Mama podcast, as we learn how to apply God's Word to our lives in motherhood, finding in big and small ways that the truth of the gospel applies not just to our lives as moms, but also to our children's lives, so that as we stand anchored in Him, we mother confidently with our hearts at rest. I'm so glad you're joining me today at the kitchen table. Welcome back to the kitchen table. Welcome back to this series about how can we view our lives, our motherhood, our marriage, different places of our lives. How do we view that as an investment? And today we're going to say, well, okay, Bethany, I agree that my life should be an investment. So what does that practically mean? How do I actually do that? And we're going to try and put really tangible pieces together for you specifically designed around your motherhood, designed around investing in your children's lives. Now, I think that these same concepts apply in lives with our friends. They apply in our marriage. So you can take these and push them into those other areas and use these same concepts there. But for today, we're going to talk about how can we invest and have a cultivating mindset around our motherhood that is oriented to what God is doing so that we are engaged in his activity? We left off last week, and if you missed last week, I'm going to encourage you to go back and listen. But we were talking last week about this idea of saying, who are my 10? Where am I actively investing for kingdom purpose? Where do I see the need for me to go deep with somebody else in in a gospel-centered way, talking with them about who Jesus is, how he impacts their life, helping them navigate and see their life through the lens of Jesus? How do we invest in that way? Are we investing in that way? And how do we therefore protect our time from all the other things that kind of want to grab our time? You know, I think a lot of us struggle because there's a lot of good things we could be doing in the inside of Christian activity. And it all sounds good and and maybe we feel guilted into doing it or we feel like we should be doing this or that. But instead of shifting our eyes from well, I've got to do all this stuff to hit some checklist of being a good Christian. We changed it. We changed that conversation to God, where are you calling me to invest? And who are my 10? Who are these people that I am called to go deep with called to love through all the parts of loving them? Who are those people? And primarily the numbers one and two are going to be your marriage and your children And then it is going to follow that God will be calling you to add one or two or something onto your plate of other people. And we talked a little bit about the scriptures that back that up, that we aren't called to only be deeply investing in our family, but we are called to be investing in our community as well. That we can encourage one another in our faiths and that we can walk in such a way that esteems Jesus and lifts him high so that the world may know. So today, the first question that we're going to begin to look at is what does it mean to invest? 
And I'm actually going to change the word a little bit, not because the meaning changes, but because I think in scripture, we see a different way of looking at that word investment. And in scripture, the picture, the word picture that God draws over and over and over again is cultivating, of growing. Specifically, it's of growing seeds and um, you know, causing growth to happen. And so what I want you to begin to understand is when we begin to change our mindset from I just do a list of good Christian things to I am purposefully and intentionally setting my life in this trajectory of investment, I am saying, God, I, I just want to be about what you want me to be about. So I'm going to run everything through that question. Is Lord, should this be part of my 10? Is this something you're calling me to? And if it is, and I already feel like I'm overloaded, what is something you're moving off of my plate? Or how are you going to expand my capacity that I can do it all? And being cautious and careful with that analysis, understanding that the Holy Spirit teaches us these things. And that they're for him to convict us of and to lead us through. You see, often we can be guilted into thinking, oh, well, I have to do this or I should be doing that. And I want you to be cautious about even that language. And if you hear that language, be cautious in that and bring that back to the Holy Spirit and to a prayer time with him going, God, show me what is for me, what you're calling me to be invested in. But if we're going to talk about this and we're going to begin to look at this in the light of our motherhood, because we are going to say that God has given you the children he has given you. And so those children occupy position on your plate as part of your 10. So again, you have your husband if you're married and he occupies a position as one of your 10, period. It's non-negotiable. He does. And now you have your children and they do. And remember, we're not married to the number 10 in some weird way. We're using that because in multiplication, that multiplication thing that I shared last week, that's why we always use that number 10. So now it's just a saying. So I'm going to continue to use the saying because I kind of want you to think about it like this, like, who are my 10? What am I doing? What am I about in life? More than just me and pursuing what I want. Like, what am I about for kingdom work? Who are my 10? So your children occupy positions on your plate as part of your 10. So what does that mean? All over scripture, we see this idea of planting the word of God, of tending to it, of watering it, of creating an environment for it. But throughout scripture, it's very clear that only God causes growth to happen. You and I have been given children in which we are called to cultivate an environment for growth. You know, it says in 1 Corinthians 3, Paul is talking and he goes, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. Neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. He who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor, for we are God's fellow workers, and you are God's field. God's building. You have been given fields, little fields. You've been given buildings. You can use that analogy. For today, we're going to talk about fields. And 
You and I have been called to plant and to water. Understanding that the only one who brings growth, the only one who ensures that that seed of the gospel buries deep into it, that little child's heart, and begins to grow both a taproot down and this massive oak tree of righteousness up, like it talks about in Isaiah 61.3, the only person responsible for that growth is God. That should relieve you today. So we're going to be talking about investing. We're going to be talking about cultivating. And we are not talking about the fruit. That's not on us. We're not talking about the end result, how it measures up, what it looks like long-term. That's not on us. We are called to cultivate. Well, how do we cultivate? What does it mean to cultivate anything? Well, cultivation is a labored activity for growth, for development of something. That's what cultivation means. It's an activity that we do looking for growth and looking for development. Now, remember, we do the activity. We are not called to cause or create that fruit at the back end. That's all the Lord's to do. But we are called to tend the seeds. We are called to till the soil. We are called to define and create the environment. So if I was a farmer who never visited my field and never tilled up the soil, and I just kind of like, I guess, took a big blower and blew seed all over this hard ground, then I would should not be surprised when not much of it actually grew into anything, right? Because I had not taken the time to prepare the soil for the seed to be planted. I had not taken any time to water the soil to allow for that soil to be rich with nutrients. I had not taken any time to guard against anything that could be invading, wanting to take over or steal from that field. Those are the things practically that we get to do as we cultivate the soil of our child's heart. So we're going to look in this parable that Jesus shares with us. He shares it in three of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It's the parable of the sower. And I want you to see this parable maybe a little differently. I think it will give us some insight for how we are to walk with Jesus as we till the ground of our children's hearts. But this is what Jesus said. He told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up, since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, and some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. And of course, the 
the disciples are like, their response to hearing this is they say, what are you even saying? We don't even understand what you're saying. And so Jesus goes on then to explain it. And he says, well, when anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. And as for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while, and when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, he immediately falls away. And as for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. So that I read out of Matthew 13. You can also find it in Mark 4 and and Luke 8. But what I want us to talk about today, when we look at this parable, for so many years, I would read this parable and almost immediately I could see that I could be throwing seed out to my children and I was so afraid that they would be all these wrong soils that I think I layered pressure on myself and kind of walked in this place of thinking I had to make sure that the, that fruit was happening, that I had to be the one doing the work and making my kids be good and love Jesus and follow God and, and all this, these mantras. And what I really am going to encourage you today, as we begin to talk about cultivating the hearts of our children is I want to shift the conversation from what happens to the seed to understanding our responsibility about the seed. So I think one thing that you and I are very responsible for when it comes to cultivating our children's spiritual environments is we are called to pray for our children. And we are called to pray that they would be soil like this good soil, right? And that does seem kind of obvious. But now that I've had eight kids and my kids are growing up, one of the things that the Lord has really highlighted for me in this parable is that my children have traveled through different seasons of soil. And when the Lord has highlighted to me that they're in these different seasons of soil, I can pray very purposefully for their hearts. You see, there have been seasons where my children are absolutely caught up in the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches. When they are consumed by what the world says about them, where true happiness lies, they believe it lies in who likes them or things that they have or experiences they get to do or degrees they get. Like, And I can understand Oh, that's where they are. So when the seed, when truths about Jesus and the gospel fall into a heart that is consumed with the cares of this world, those seeds are going to be easily choked out. 
And I can begin to pray very specifically, God, I am asking you to help them see the lies of this world, that the riches of this world don't satisfy, that the cares of this world aren't going to be what ultimately brings you happiness, that they may hear your word, Lord, change that soil landscape on that child, make it that the thorns are not there, right? I can begin to pray very specifically for them. I can begin to pray very specifically for that first one that said that the um, seeds fell along the path and the birds came. And Jesus says very clearly, he's like, that that's the one who the seed falls on their heart and the evil one comes and snatches it away. And mama, you and I praying the name of Jesus over our children, that the enemy has no ability, that no ability to snatch the word of God away from them, that instead that the word of God begins to sink into their heart, into their minds, that it begins to have the ability to take root, that Jesus would be a covering over them, that we would pray that the enemy would be bound from them and begin to pray very specifically that the seed could be cultivated in soil that was ready for it instead of rocky ground or instead of the path that that doesn't understand it. And then the rocky ground, I have definitely had seasons with my kids where they've received the seed with joy in one season. And then it seems like a couple years later, you're like, what happened? I mean, like, and I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I've literally had it where I'm like, I mean, are they saved, Lord? I don't understand. I thought they were, and now we're living in this different space, and I'm I'm confused, God, or it seems like they're cold to this that they used to be warm to. They used to be have this natural affinity, and now it seems like it's cold. Well, praying this scripture over my kids has changed so much. Because it changes my posture, what am I to be about? So that's the first thing is I'm to be about prayer and praying very specifically, understanding where my child's heart is in this moment, in this season. When seed falls, how is it received? What happens? And I pray in accordance with what I see because the Holy Spirit is who I'm asking. I'm like, God, show me. Show me what kind of soil I'm dealing with right now in this child's heart. And then the other parts of helping this labored activity for growth and development after I've prayed is now that I know the soil or I know that there are lots of thorns or I know that there's an enemy just waiting like a bird sitting on the hill waiting to snatch the seed or the ground is really rocky. If I know that, then I can begin to be busy about tilling that soil up in very thoughtful and purposeful ways. So instead of allowing that soil to be rocky and just let rocks remain, I can begin to be very conscientiously working to remove rocks, right? To break them up, to have conversations that lead into them understanding, oh, I need, those aren't truths, for instance. That's not what should be here, right? I can begin to till the soil. 
You see, the only thing we can do in the environment is environmental work. So we can make sure that there's lots of water falling on that ground. And in our home, what we talk about, we we use word pictures for these ideas because we want our children even to understand that they aren't called to grow fruit in their own lives, that that is the work of the Holy Spirit growing fruit in their lives. And so personally, they're called to till their soil. And then I am walking hand in hand with my child, helping to cultivate that soil, making sure that there's plenty of water and sunlight, that the weeds are being removed. So the way we use this word picture in our home, when we talk about it even with our children, is we talk about understanding that the sunlight is being in God's presence. It's being in front of his word. It's, it's having that light come down on that land. And then the water, just watering ourselves in community, in worship, engaging with others, understanding that we desperately need to remove the weeds, the things that are going to choke out that little seed of gospel truth, whether it's the weeds of sin, the weeds of this world, just the pressures of the world, the weeds of wanting, you know, what the world wants to offer and helping our children to recognize, you know, you're really allowing this to take root in your life, in your soil. And it threatens the seed the Holy Spirit wants to grow in you of his salvation and his gospel. You see, that soil needs to be tended. That's what we do. And so as I interact with my kids, I'm watching for invasion and for infiltration. I'm watching for the little foxes that want to run into the field and steal stuff out. I'm looking to see what could be chewing on any of the leaves. You know, because this word analogy really holds, especially if you know anything about farming, but I have friends who are farmers and they will walk their fields and they're looking for anything that is on the growing crop. So it's not just when the seed is in the soil, but like once that, once everything starts to grow, they are monitoring that crop closely because there is a lot of threat from invasion and infiltration that can happen, whether it's in a bug or a mold or a fungus. And so they're constantly monitoring. So for you and for me, Walking with our children is this constant monitoring. Now that you've heard the gospel, now that it's growing in your life, it's this monitoring of, are you understanding the truth of it? Or is there an infiltration from the world coming in and changing it? And we have to be really on our guard. You know, we had that podcast a while back with Alyssa Childers. And if I can encourage you to go and get those Mama Bear Apologetics books, they will help you begin to see where invasion and infiltration wants to come in and change the gospel and make it performance-based, make it about, you know, truth not being real. Like that, there is an active engagement or battle against the gospel 
in your child's life, even after they've come to know Jesus. So we're constantly looking for that. And then we're rearranging, right? Sometimes we have to rearrange. We have to move things around for better productivity. And what I mean by that is asking the Lord to let me see my child the way he sees my child and the places that maybe I haven't seen before that need more attention, that need more conversations, more time, or more, honestly, just more prayer. If I can encourage you with one thing in this concept of cultivation, and we talked about it last week, but your cultivating of your child's heart is really dependent on your engagement in conversations with Jesus. You see, more, before we jump into gospel mothering of our kids, before we jump into this is what you need to do and giving them three points, which don't often work, we need to be engaged in active prayer over the lives of our children, over their hearts, over what is going on and how God is at work and how the enemy is trying to threaten and come against our child. We need to be prayer warriors for our kids. And so we pray consistently over them, about them, asking God for insight for them, and we will begin to know when we should dig up ground. We will begin to understand how we put seeds in the ground, how we layer them in, where the seeds need to lie. We will understand when we should water and when there's been too much watering. Because <laughs> there have definitely been seasons where I've just dumped too much of the, and because I'm not praying about it, I'm just kind of blasting my kids with stuff. And we will begin to learn to see the invasion of an enemy who wants to come after our kids. Y'all, you can cultivate with the king. He is the one who walks with you and will tend the fields with you. Have those conversations with him. Sit with him and allow him to walk you up and down the aisles of your children's heart and let you see what he is at work growing what he is at work planting, how you can be a part of it. Ask him to show you the rocks that need to come out, the stuff that needs to be moved around. Let him show you his work. Because remember, and we've talked about this before, we are not going to see the massive fruit from our kids because God is at work building oak trees. And growing an oak takes a long time. And so there's a fallacy that says that if I'm a believer and I have a kid and I want my kid to come to know Jesus by five so that they can be this perfect little Christian by 10, and it's not true. God is at work in your child's life and they may be showing great fruit and beautiful growth. It may be happening, but allow God and understand that God is at work and he grows taproots and taproots have to happen long before fruit emerges above the surface. But engage with God. He will show you the work he is doing and you can join him in it. And it will be the best investment of your time and your energy with those people on your plate. As always, you can reach out to me on social media. Instagram is where I'm at. You can send emails 
and ask any questions or if anything wasn't clear. And I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you will begin to learn that walking with Jesus and allowing him to be the grower and for you to be a planter and a waterer is both freeing and incredibly, incredibly invigorating. You will love it. I promise. Thanks for listening this week to the Warrior Mama podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support other Warrior Mamas, I'll tell you that one of the best ways that you can do is you can just share this podcast with your friends. You know, sometimes we love to talk about the things we like the most for our face, for our life, for our kids. Can I tell you that it would be a great blessing to begin to share with other moms the things that God is teaching you and the ways that He is growing you in Him. Our prayer over here at the Warrior Mama Podcast is that this podcast is something that does that for you in your life. So feel free to share it with your friends, post about it on social media, and of course, leave a rating and a review. I love seeing what God is doing in your lives. And I look forward to sitting with you at the kitchen table again next week.